I'm Dan Casper, and you're listening to the Man Cave Podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to talking about, well, a lot of things, mostly sports, mixed in with some other entertaining and interesting conversations, just like being in your own man cave. We'll debate, banter, laugh, maybe even cry. So make sure you're subscribing and following the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform so that you will never miss out on the conversation. Now, let's get to it. Welcome to the Man Cave Podcast. Let's do this. What up, everybody? Welcome to the Man Cave. Dan Casper here, as always. Shout out to all of you who are uh, regular listeners to the podcast. Appreciate you always checking us out, subscribing, following. If you are a brand new listener here to the podcast, to the Man Cave Podcast, well, hey, big thanks for giving us a try, and hopefully we can keep you coming as a regular guest of the of the band cave. But uh, hey, let's let's just jump into it right away because uh, one topic at hand for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, and we're going to be talking about the NFL postseason wild card weekend in the books, and it was a dud of a weekend. I mean, come on, super wild card weekend and, and maybe like two games that were competitive in the whole damn thing. It started off good with, you know, Raiders and, and Bengals. So we're going to kind of go through these games and then obviously look ahead to divisional weekend, which, you know, for my money, I think divisional weekend is going to be freaking lit. It's going to be awesome. We got, at least on paper, we got some damn good matches coming up this weekend. So. Before that, though, we got some stuff to discuss about last weekend's games of Super Wild Card Weekend. First time we've actually had a game on Monday night, which uh, uh, awful, in my opinion. Stop it. And I, I don't think the NFL is going to take it away because I really feel like once the NFL does something and once they you know put some effort into it and, and whatever have you, they're going to keep it. So as much as I disliked Monday Night Football and I think uh, – I think that was probably the norm. They know it was a ratings draw. They know everybody tuned in. It's probably going to be, you know, a little PR thing saying like, ooh, look at how many viewers uh, tuned in to Monday Night Football for Walker. Well, no shit. It's a playoff game. Everybody's going to be tuning into that. So, nah, I don't like it, but it is what it is. We'll get to the actual game, which was a clunker of a, in a dud of a performance. But Super Wildcard Weekend... Got off to a, 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 an entertaining start, um, Bengals and Raiders, and I, you know, I kind of caught some flack on this on the on, on Twitter when I posted it. It seems like I'm in the uh, I'm in the minority, which, whatever, my opinion, you know. I thought Drew Brees was was decent on, on the broadcast, but I, apparently I'm in the minority. Now I will say this: I was listening while I was cleaning and, and organizing the, the man cave, the actual man cave, because uh well we're getting some new windows in. So I had to like move stuff out of the you know out of the padding and all that. So I had the game on. But from what I heard, I thought he was decent. Now he's not like very exuberant. He's you know not like a Tony Romo where he gets so excited and or even like a John Madden or anything. But what that that to me that doesn't matter to me in a broadcast. You know, Mike Tirico can fill that role, and he does fill that role. 
you know, it's like Pat Summerall. Pat Summerall, for a play-by-play guy, he was no Gus Johnson. He wasn't no, you know, freaking out after every play, just calm, cool, collective. And then John Madden filled that role. Not saying, before anybody runs with this, I am not saying that Mike Tirico and Drew Brees are the next John Madden, Pat Summerall, all right? So calm, calm down. That's not what I'm saying. But, uh, you know, what I like in a broadcast, and that's why I like the Manning cast so much. What what makes the Manning cast different, though, is that Eli and Peyton are actually, you know, fairly entertaining. But I like learning when, when I'm watching a game. I like learning new stuff. And what, you know, and Tariko, you could tell, set up Drew Brees quite a bit. You know, like teed him up for some easy stuff. Teed him up to, you know, get something out of him. Which, as a, as a pro like Mike Tariko is, kudos to him. But I like learning stuff like... You know, when, when Drew Brees would drop a nugget like, oh, it sounds like he's switching to a coverage or, or you know, switching it up here or doing this. The inside info from a, from a quarterback's perspective, that's what I like. I like learning that new stuff that, oh, that's what that means or, oh, that's why they're doing this or why that, that's what the quarterback is seeing and, and all that sort of stuff. So that's what I liked about the broadcast. But to the actual games here, um, you know, I was going to brag I went 6-0 in my picks this past weekend, but after seeing uh, a lot of everybody else's picks, seems like a lot of people went 6-0 in, in, in their picks. But starting off with this Bengals and Raiders game, um, shot Bengals, I think if you are a Bengals fan, you should be pretty pumped. Not only for that win, but you should be pretty pumped for you know the next few, few years here because Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase – I mean that they've already got it clicking. I don't know if it's yet to a Devonta Adams, Aaron Rodgers level, but they 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 top five right now in in like connections with quarterbacks and wide receivers, and I'd say maybe even an argument with top two. I mean what they got cooking right now. They've got a running game. I said it in the last episode. I thought Cincinnati's defense was a little bit underrated. Um, you know, so shout out to them. They they had I. Th- I thought that it, it just seemed like that was a game that Cincinnati was just dominating on all fronts and they could have put up some more points. But I think that is because Cincinnati is such a young team. It's they're, they're growing right now and they'll learn from that. But uh, man, that was, that was, it was a good game came down, you know, towards the end there Raiders weren't able to get it done. So uh, Cincinnati moving on. And I think that they will present a challenge to the Tennessee Titans. Um, you know, I'll get into that a little bit more when I, when I kind of talk about the the divisional matchups. But I think that they will make it a game with with Tennessee. I, I think that's a tough draw for for the Titans. Um, and then we had the the Buffalo Bills and New England for the second game on Saturday night, and Buffalo just laid the hammer down on on Bill Belichick and the Patriots. wasn't even a game. I mean, it was like Von Drago taking out Apollo Creed right away for crying out loud. It was done. It was over. Throw the towel in minutes into the game. Buffalo played on a mission. I'm sure they got sick and tired of hearing, oh, bad weather. That might even favor the Patriots, even though they're on the road. Buffalo took it personally, and they took it out on their division rival, the New England Patriots. That was just a... a, I mean, <laughs> a beat down like any other. And now 
I'm kind of jumping games here, but you know Buffalo is now going to be going up against the the Chiefs in a rematch from the AFC Championship last year. Speaking of beatdowns, Chiefs laying it down on the Steelers. Steelers getting up early with that uh, T.J. Watt touchdown, but quick five touchdown passes later, or five touchdowns later from the Chiefs, and boom, it was over. I mean. The two, the, those two AFC matchups, just over dominating performances from the from the two and three seeds in in the postseason. So we get a rematch in which I think is going to be. I mean, I don't think I'm. It, it's you know bold prediction or hot take in saying this, but probably the best matchup at least on paper for for divisional round weekend with the Chiefs and the Bills, uh, two teams that I would say preseason majority of people picked. Uh, to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl and probably even win the Super Bowl and we get it in the divisional round. Probably, you know, we a lot of people probably expected maybe an AFC championship preview, but hey, two and three seeds this year. They meet up in the divisional round. It's going to be a hell of a game. I'll kind of preview that a little bit more coming up. But uh, in the other games then uh, from the weekend, we had Tampa, Another snooze fest of a game, beat down on the Eagles. They probably could have beat the Eagles a whole lot worse there, but you know, thanks for playing. Thanks for thanks for uh, you know entering the postseason there, Eagles. And then we had the Dallas Cowboys going up against the San Francisco 49ers, the second most intriguing game. You know, not not saying it was the second best game of the week. I'm just saying, like in terms of order. It was actually another game that was somewhat close. Uh, 49ers, it just seemed like they were dominating that game for 80% of the time, yet they just could not put the Cowboys away as much as the, the Cowboys had had decided to screw this thing up with penalties and you know weird coaching decisions. I said it on the radio show, um, so you, you probably hear this again. I, I was... I was one of those that that stood behind Mike McCarthy for a long time, longer than a lot of people. Okay, when he was let go, yes, it was time. It was one hundred percent time. Probably best for both parties, for Green Bay and Mike McCarthy, to move on. But I was always like, in, I you know, I always gave him the benefit of the doubt. I thought he was a little bit, you know, uh, viewed upon in a more negative light than what he should have been from, from Packers fans. I can't stand up for the guy from from what I saw in this game. Now, I don't think it's 100% his fault, but as head coach and as a guy overseeing play calls and that, he's going to get the brunt of it. It started off with, well, it starts off with all the dang penalties. I mean, that's just ridiculous. But then the fake punt to actually convert it, and then you're just standing around for, you know, what, what waiting for San Francisco to call a timeout? What, why are you doing that? Get her going and take advantage. You got some momentum going. Push it down the field. Come on. So that was just, and then you take a delay a game penalty off of that. And then, of course, the final play, the the quarterback draw, which, you know, if you're one of those people that I maybe got into a little argument with on, on Twitter and that, it, I don't fault the official for anything with that. I think that, no. I mean, if you're relying on an official to – hustle up there um, and probably a middle-aged guy and, and spot the ball correctly and try to do his job and still spike the ball and get it off. That's not the way to go and coach a game. It's not the way to go and win a game. 
So I know it was Moore that called it the the offensive coordinator. I'm going to get to I'm going to get to Kendall Moore here uh, in, in a second, but McCarthy approved it. He could have called it off. Could have just like no, we're not doing that at 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 all. But I just that that play call at that point in time. I don't know, like what you have to have a lot of balls to be making a a play call like that with no timeouts and really pushing it in terms of time. I, I did not understand what was going through McCarthy and the Cowboys' mind throughout that whole game, but especially with that play. I, I could not, I mean, whoo, that was yeesh. You know, Aaron Rodgers said, was it last week on Pat McAfee's show, you know, kind of calling out Joe Judge's play call about quarterback sneak on third and nine and at your own five. I've been really curious to hear like what Aaron thought about that play call from his former coach or, you know, with his former coach there. I, but Kellen Moore deserves some of the blame in this thing too. I'll, I'll tell you right now, I don't understand the love affair with Kellen Moore. I don't know if it's mostly the, you know, he's, well, he's a cowboy, he's a cowboy offensive coordinator, so he's got this limelight. But, you know, teams want to interview him for head coach. Jay, uh, Jerry Jones wants to keep him. I mean, it screams of Jason Garrett 2.0. But what has Kellen Moore accomplished as an offensive coordinator? Yes, the Cowboys put up a lot of gro- a lot of points this year. I understand that. But look at the talent that they've had, too. They should be putting up all those dang points. So the the thing here, too, is that, you know, Mike McCarthy got a lot of, a lot of crap with, with that play call at the end of the game, right? Got a lot of crap from there. But at the same time, you can't praise Kellen Moore when the good things are going good for, for the Cowboys offense. And then if it's not going good, point the finger at McCarthy. You got to point it. It can't go both ways there. Got to put that out there, you know, in, in a negative light to, to Kellen Moore. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, the one thing I will say, I, I guess I did not know this, but. Uh, Kellen Moore's dad is uh, is Tom Moore, the the long time offensive uh, coach in the league. You know, if you think about uh, think about uh, you know Peyton Manning and the Colts, he's with uh, Tom Moore's right now with with Tampa and that. But I'm looking right here, and uh, I didn't. I don't know if this is 100 percent right. I'm gonna have to double check this thing over here. But if that's that's the case, is that his dad is Tom Moore. Well, that's uh that's quite the uh lineage right there. Offensive lineage. I mean, Tom Moore's been around for a long time. A long time in the NFL. So huh, I, I'll be honest, I did not know that. Did not know that that was his dad. Uh no, it's not his dad. Okay. So this website is wrong. Discredit everything I just said right there because according to Buccaneers.com, uh, he says he has two children, daughter Terry and son Dan. So discredit everything I just said there. They ain't related. Kellen Moore and Tom Moore, not related. Stupid internet. People need to update stuff on there for crying out loud. But no, again, you know, Mike McCarthy should be the number one at fault for this. Kellen Moore does deserve some blame. That offense should have been a lot better in the postseason. That offense should have been a lot better against some better defenses. There is no reason for it. Yeah, I'm surprised. I, I'm not surprised Mike McCarthy 
is lasting as Dallas coach because Jerry Jones for, you know, a lot of people have this wrong interpretation of him that he's quick to pull the trigger on coaches. He's actually not. So I do think this is put up or shut up year though for, for Mike McCarthy. Although by the time this podcast uploads, maybe there'll be something announced with Mike McCarthy because that's exactly what happened uh, last week when I did the coaches predictions and then the Texans fired David Culley. So uh, the next game then was Arizona versus the Rams. Another blowout of a clunker game between two, uh, two division rivals, Rams moving on uh, to face the Buccaneers here. You know, the Cardinals, I think there's something to this, this uh, Cliff Kingsbury second half collapses. I mean, it's a trend. Look at it with Texas Tech. Look at in the first three years of Arizona. I don't know if it's like, you know, he puts stuff out there to begin the season with that catches uh, defenses off guard, but then, you know, opponents catch up to it and he doesn't adjust throughout the season. But there's something there. There's something there. And this team is, they've, they've got a bright future. They've got players. They've got weapons. But this is also a very tough division, too. As long as the Rams are going to keep doing their thing, it'll be interesting to see what the Rams look like next year with all those uh, you know, big-time contracts and free agents, 49ers. I don't know what's going on with Seattle and, and Russell Wilson and such, but heesh, Cliff Kingsbury's got to do some serious self-scouting when it comes to that second-half thing now that it's really out there. you know, it, It's a thing. It's definitely a thing. So now we got division uh, divisional weekend coming up here. I love these matchups. I love every single one of these matchups. So I'm going to break them down a little bit, just a little bit here, and give you my predictions right away. Just going to jump right into it. So, well, if you watch the mini helmet picks I do with me, uh, my son and uh, my son and I, you already know my picks out there. But uh, you know, um, just get let's just get right into it. So, no particular order here. Titans, Bengals. Titans, the one seed. Probably getting Derrick Henry back. Probably going to get a full dose of Derrick Henry this weekend. It'll be curious to see if he's on the field. Are they going to go back to the old ways of just like feeding him, feeding him, feeding him, even though they got Julio Jones and, and A.J. Brown and they got a quarterback that they gave a lot of money to. Um, you know, last week there really wasn't a lot of upsets unless, you know, 49ers I know was technically an upset, but a lot of people picked them and, and this, that, and the other thing. I think this is going to be an upset. I got the Bengals win this one. I don't know why. I could see it going either way. But there's something with this Bengals team that I think they're going to be that team like, ooh, they went all that way. Kind of remember when the Titans did it a couple years ago. They were 9-7. and seven. That was uh, when they beat the, the Patriots in Foxborough. They beat Tom Brady in his final game. I think, and then they advanced all the way to the AFC Championship game. I think the Bengals could kind of do what the Titans did a couple years ago. So you could call me nuts, but I'm going to ride with the Bengals in this game. I'm going to pick it right away. Upset, baby. Going with the Bengals. Uh, Green Bay, San Francisco. Last week, a lot of talk about, you know, San Francisco, is that the team that you want to face in the postseason? Like, that's not the team that you want to face. Like, do you really want to go up against San Francisco? Could they be that team that, that surprises a lot of people? Is this a... Is this a bad matchup going up against Green Bay? Um, I think it's getting, you know, and I, and I kind of talked a little bit about it last week. Like, ooh, is that a good matchup for Green Bay? But I think Green Bay's got this. I, I just think Green Bay is at a different level right now, mindset, 
mentality. Um, they're getting a ton of players back. I mean, we're talking all pro players, baby. So I, I think Green Bay wins this. I think, you know, the big thing for Green Bay in this game is got to be discipline, discipline on the defense. Debo Samuel is going to be heavily involved in this game. Uh, with the weather, you know Kyle Shanahan, if he can get away with just running the ball, you know, 95% of the time and maybe only passing it five times, he would do that. So I think if you're Green Bay, you have got to clearly stop the run. You've got to start fast on offense, put up some points right away, take the running game away from the 49ers, make a banged-up Jimmy G try to outduel Aaron Rodgers in an aerial attack. Stop the run. Score early if you're if you're Green Bay. That's just me. That's that's my opinion. That's how I think Green Bay takes care of business, and I think they move on uh, to a third straight NFC Championship game. Uh, who will they pay play? Well, let's just jump right into it. Buccaneers, Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against the Rams in this one. I thought if Dallas would have won, Tampa Bay would would take care of business against Dallas. With the Rams now going up against the Bucks, I think that's a that's a, a worse matchup for Tampa Bay. And I'm actually going with the Rams to, to win this one. I'm actually going to go with the Rams to win this one. Uh, I think they will upset the defending champions. I think they'll go into Tampa Bay. I think they're playing with a lot of confidence as well. You know, Matthew Stafford, Odell Beckham Jr., you know, they're, they they got a little bit of a connection going on now. Cam Akers looked good running the football against the the Cardinals there. I just I, I think that the the Rams are going to go to Tampa Bay and take care of business. I think their defensive line is going to be able to uh, attack an, a banged up offensive line against the Buccaneers, and uh, they're, they're going to advance the NFC Championship game to to face the Packers at Lambeau Field. That's that's how I see it rolling. It's going to be. You know, going to be a matchup from earlier this season in November over there. So that that's how I see it. And then the final game that I've yet to pick here, Buffalo and Kansas City. Now, this is the toughest game for me to pick. It is at Kansas City. Kansas City did lose to Buffalo earlier this year. Last year, it, it's a rematch of the AFC Championship game. Both of these offenses were just on fire this past weekend. Chiefs defense is playing better. But usually I would not go against the Chiefs, especially at Arrowhead. And they are playing better. But I'm going to go with the Bills in this one. And a part of it is because I think my preseason prediction was Packers-Bills. So... I'm just gonna I'm gonna go with Buffalo in this one in a in a slight upset. This is the best game of the weekend. I think this is gonna be a high scoring affair. We're gonna have Josh Allen and Diggs dueling it out with uh, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and and company. So um, I I think this is gonna be it's gonna be a good game. I think Buffalo is really focused and, and motivated right now, and I think they go into Arrowhead and they take care of business. So. Right now, I mean, heading into the Final Four, I've got Buffalo going up against Cincy. Cincy traveling to Buffalo, obviously. And then I've got the Rams going to Lambeau to take on the Packers. So we got a 2-3 in the AFC. No, a 2-4, excuse me, in the AFC. No, 3-4. 
get it right, Dan. It's three four. Buffalo's a three. I'm doing this off the top of my head. Cincinnati's four. And then a one four. Green Bay being the one. Rams being the four. That's that's how I see it playing out. So a couple more upsets this weekend. A couple more upsets in the divisional round. That's how I see it playing right now. But you know, I'll be, we'll we'll make Super Bowl picks after after it's all said and done. After that, but right now, if if I were to pick, I'm sticking with my preseason prediction of going with with Green Bay against uh, against Buffalo there. But yeah, that's that's what I got for my divisional rounds. But I'm pumped. I am so freaking pumped for divisional weekend. These matchups, I think, at, at least on paper, they're freaking awesome. Even that Tennessee-Cincinnati one, I know some people are like, ooh, that's not really a sexy pick or anything or sexy matchup. I disagree. I disagree. You got Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase just a humming right now. Derrick Henry, the return of him. This is, this is going to be a good one. And I think every matchup is going to be good. I think every matchup is going to be good this weekend. So I can't wait. I cannot wait. I love divisional round weekend. You know, wild card used to get all the attention and all the love, but I, I, I think it's divisional weekend that that should get it all. So, but uh, I think that's all we got for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. We probably go, I, we might do another one later this week to kind of hit up on some other stuff that's going on out there in the uh, in the sports world. But also, I want to remind you guys too, guys and gals, depending on who's listening. Hey, we're doing a, a show me your man cave. So if you head to uh, our radio show's website, sportstalk1051.com, click on the Nation tab. If you upload a picture of your man cave or upload your picture of a collection, it could be like your sports memorabilia collection. It could be if you collect, I don't know, guitars. I had a dude text me the other day. I think it was uh, tip-ups, ice fishing tip-ups. I'm still waiting for the picture. If you're listening to this, send me that. You could be featured on this podcast. You could be featured on the radio show, the Dan Casper show. Uh, so send those up, okay? I want to see your man caves. You might give me some inspiration on how to, uh, I don't know, maybe update mine or, or something like that, all right? So hit it up, sportstalk1051.com again. Click on that uh, the the nation tab over there. So, uh, but yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode of uh, the Man Cave Podcast. I, I, I'll try to get another one out this week. Maybe hit on some other stuff besides just football. You know, there's other stuff going on, right? I think there's other stuff going on. Yeah, why not? Let's get to it. All right, enjoy the games this weekend, everybody. It's going to be an epic divisional weekend. Can't wait to recap it with you all next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. If you are a first-time listener to the podcast, well, hopefully you liked it so you'll be back. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, whether you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon. We're practically everywhere. And if you're listening to somewhere like on iTunes, don't forget to give us a good rating so other people can find the podcast as well and and tell your friends and family about us and if you are a regular listener to the man cave podcast hey appreciate the support everyone appreciate the support again don't forget to subscribe or follow the podcast rate us and tell your friends about the man cave podcast